I'm recording. It's Hello Climate Change. <laughs> Waking up and taking action one conversation at a time. And this is the second conversation I've had with Randy McMahon, who is sort of, I'm going to call you our resident activist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's your title. That's your title on Hello Golly. Climate Change. I have, I have a resident um, climate scientist. Really? Yep. Um, so, um, my dog has just arrived, so we're ready to start. <laughs> um, so how you doing, Randy? I'm well, I'm uh, well. A little summary. We had a, um, a, a demonstration yesterday up on South street across the street from the, um, I forget what they officially call it, but it's the, um, Spectra Energies Measurement um, facility, which they're expanding quite a bit. And so there was about 40 or 45 of us standing on the sidewalk. There were people from 350.org and the Connecticut branch of uh, Sierra Club. And it was a good turnout, and the energy was good, and then they marched down into Willimantic to be part of the Third Thursday group. So let's, because I have people listening in Russia and, you know, all over. So, okay. um, so we have to yeah. step back a little and just say, we're talking about Willimantic, which is a village of Wyndham, Connecticut. Yes. And, um, in the warmer weather, we have they, uh, a sort of a street fair called third Thursday, which happens on the third Thursday of the month. So the demonstration that you were part of was maybe an, a mile away. Yes. Um, and, um, took place just before the third Thursday celebration. So. We are a tiny little city in the northeast corner of the state of Connecticut, which is in the northeast corner of the United States. Right. Good. And Hello, the, world. <laughs> and it's a typical kind of tiny northeast New England city in that it, it used to be a really thriving mill town, kind of factory town, because you know back before we had all this um, petroleum-powered um, mm -hmm. energy, um, a lot of uh, industry depended on um, moving water to mo to turn a turbine, to spin a wheel, to m spin the cogs, and then mm -hmm. to mill the fabric and the and grind the grain. And so this this town ha used to have a big thread made thread. They call it Thread City um, because of that. Yeah, they so, had a whole long line right. of mills. Um, the last one that left um, American Thread. Um, was only one of many, many, many. Um, most of them burned down or, or were to torn down, but mm -hmm. all the labor went south, and then eventually it went to Asia, where it was really a lot less expensive. Uh, yeah, easy, more easily exploited laborers. And, right. Um, and so what has happened to a lot of these towns is they just they've kind of fallen in, fallen there's not and then of course with walmart and all these other big figures the, the the downtowns have kind of just collapsed as well and mm -hmm. so so it's kind of neat that that this is this uh, event happens once a month to just bring people into downtown and and um and sort of try to bring energy there and, and notice the new businesses that are the local businesses and um, and then it's a great place where activists can show what they're working on. Activists or social, any kind of social change. I don't know. I don't know where you draw the line between so being an activist and being somebody who's trying to do something good for the community that doesn't involve carrying a sign on the side. Why draw a line? Yeah, that's a good point. There really is no point in that, is there? Um, so, so we decided we wanted to talk about. Well, how did we? How did you sum it up before, Randy? Do you remember? 
It's okay if you don't. <laughs> I don't. Well, we were going to talk about... Um, Oops. Oh, okay, the dog needs to go. Yep. Millie, you're done. Okay. You're, you're part of, <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> Goodbye. Oh, banished from the room. So, <laughs> uh, we were going to talk about... Okay, the various levels of um, activism. Um, well, we are going to... Yeah, like... Like we go ahead. Um, I think what's going on now is um, we we all need to learn a lot more about what is going on, and we need to come up with a way of of getting this information out in a in a creative way, and 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 offer people ways of of protesting or making a statement about this um, in a way that they are comfortable with. Um, I think mm -hmm. some people stay away from activism because they fear, like you know. The cops are going to come down and beat people over the head, and there'll be tear gas and everything. Mm -hmm. And and there there really are lots of ways of dealing with a problem this big um, without violence. And also, there I think there's, and this is the thing I think we were getting at when, while I was setting up equipment that would be especially interesting to explore. I mean, there's a lot of areas to that are interesting to explore, but but how effective? Like, what is effective? What works? Because I, I know for myself, when I pass, when I'm driving by and there's a group of people holding signs about something, I might feel glad that they care that much, but also feel like, but how much good is that doing? You know, what, mm -hmm. what, what is really changing? Because, I mean, I do, I do think it's useful to those people to be together and to be making their statement sort of boldly. Mm -hmm. But it's all, how much is it just useful to them to, to, for morale sake? And what actually makes a difference? So, I mean, you've been at this for a while. What have you noticed? <laughs> I, I've been doing this since the Vietnam War, and I get very frustrated just standing on a corner and, and people beep their horns and, and people on Facebook like yeah. uh, what's going on. But when it comes to do they really show up or are they willing to do something? I mean, not everybody has to go to a demonstration, but um, if we're going to change this um, just about everybody's got to do some part of it. Um, the reason I really like Transition Town's uh, movement, started by Rob Hopkins in, in, in England, is that you just start doing it. Um, you don't rely on the government. You don't rely on petitions. You just start making changes in your community that are going to use less fossil fuel, that, that are going to deal with peak oil, that... that enhances the resilience of a community to deal with this um and it it almost kind of makes standing on the corner with big signs look kind of old-fashioned i mean um in some of the small towns in england <clears throat> they've done amazing things as far as getting people to grow vegetables to um, build houses that are really um, sustainable and very, very efficient for heat retention. Um, they've, they've, they've done amazing things. They have um, town-owned power companies, and and I think that is really what where the future for this is. It's, yeah. it's got to be people coming together, and they're having fun doing it. I mean, they really are. I mean, some of the people interviewed in these little towns, they said, I feel alive now. I feel like I'm part of this town, and it's not run by bureaucrats, and they make all the decisions. We make the decisions, and we decide um, how we're going to save this planet, or at least we're going to how to save um, their town. Mm. And 
there, I looked into whether or not there was any local, anything happening around us, around transition towns. And I know that there's a certain number of people who are interested, but I don't know that there's much activity. They, they did have a group in Willimannock and a group in Mansfield. Um, according to some of the people that I've talked to in, in the movement, they said um, at the first meetings, um, farmers showed up and they were treated as sort of um, subliterate beings and mm. and they didn't really listen to them and they're the people who really should be listened to yeah. and um, it's it's kind of like the old liberal divide, liberal conservative divide which has to be uh, abolished, I mean it really does because there are conservatives and, and um, progressive minded people who share so much together and um, that's what has to come out of this is it, people have to join together and put away all those old labels and say, mm-hmm. okay, we, you know, do we want to save the planet? And this is how we need to do it. Yeah. That's, that sounds like it's a little bit of a, of a like working class slash. Yes, uh, absolutely. Class divide. Yeah. Um, this friend of mine who was at the meetings, in Mansfield said there was the university people and there was the people who work hard from in some form of manual labor, usually farming or um, driving trucks or doing something. And um, there, there, there wasn't a real bond at all. I mean, after several meetings. And so um, when I read Rob Hopkins and, and much of this information can be found on my website, which is, um, am I allowed to promote it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a whole section on transition towns, and um, there's many videos. Most of them are videos. Um, it's at www.awarmachine.com, and you just go to the library, and there's all kinds of, of um, videos and websites. But um, he said um, you need humor, you need creativity, you need to, to really like the people you're working with, you know, and and to put aside a lot of the ba- the barriers and and boundaries that we have and just say you know we can do this together i mean mm-hmm. there was a group of people um in a little town and they decided they wanted a dog park and they thought oh we'll have to go to the town council and this and that and that. and the uh transition people said no we're just going to we're going to start a dog park right now and they walked down the street and they they sort of marked off an area of a park and they um proclaimed it um a dog park and they they made a place and they made it easy for the town they they the town didn't have to pay anything it was just hard work from a lot of people who wanted a place for their dogs to play and it happened and the the town then didn't have the courage to say oh no you can't do this after you did all the work so it was it was really neat to see that people weren't going to sit there in, in endless committees and and battles of the egos and 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 they just did it hmm. did they were they that's where was that that was in england it was somewhere in england oh. yeah but then there were examples um in the united states of you know not necessarily a, a transition town group but a group of people who like the philosophy and they, they just did various things um towns have have started um small power companies on their own uh, that is, I've heard about that. That's so cool. I'd Town like to owned. Know. I mean, there's a lot of Norwich owns its own power company. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still they're still there, but I mean, they've been mostly Norwich, Connecticut. I yes, say. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I'm a local boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it's that difficult. I mean, they just, they used a lot of creativity. They used a lot of potluck suppers. They Mm -hmm. got together and very often they didn't always go through the town. I mean, they, they want to be able to use the the town government. And in England, I have to say that a lot of the town governments have been incredibly um, cooperative and they see the writing on the wall and they say, yes, this is what we need to Mm do. I don't know why that's not happening here. We seem to have this amazing ability to just pretend that this is some kind of problem, but either technology will make it better or um, I don't know. There's a lot of things that are that are kind of off about us in a sense. I mean, I just heard you heard Obama say the other day that um, we have what is it? A quarter of the world's population of inmates yeah. are in this country and we have a 5% of the population period. So that means a huge, huge proportion of Americans or United States people are incarcerated. We have twice as many as China. Yeah. And China has five or six times the population of the United States. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's huge. So, yeah, it's... it's um, Chris Chris Hedges, the um, New York Times reporter, and he's written several books about what's going on in the world. And he was very active in in Occupy Wall Street. He he said that there's um, there's a thing going on with people in the United States that goes on in certain other countries where people have just given up. They've given up the idea that they have any power. And um, one country, one notorious country is Indonesia, where, the, where they've lived under brutal dictators and they have not formed any kind of left or organization that fights back. Um, the United States was very influential in, in uh, pointing out to the uh, Indonesian government the various leftist places and people, and they were murdered. Um, we made it possible for Indonesia to wipe out the left. And so... Um, Whoa, that's a huge statement. So, and I mean, yeah, I, we were. We were. We, what did we do? The CIA gave them lists of of their their spy lists of mm-hmm. people who they considered to be um, activists. Um, you didn't have to be a bomb throwing anarchist in in Indonesia to be uh, put on the radar. You you needed to be just opposed to okay. the Indonesian government, so and many of them were food co ops and. Oh, wow. And groups like that. And so we gave them all this information on where they were. Mm. Okay, so, but I want to back up to what you were saying before that that it looks like people have an attitude like they've given up that that feels similar to that. Mm -hmm. So, can you say more about that? Well, I mean, if you look at um, people, don't, well, we don't have a press that gives a lot of information. Um, You really have to dig a little, you have to read, you can't look, turn on the television. There really is nothing on television except for maybe a, if you're lucky enough to have Democracy Now! on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's really nothing on Fox News that's going to tell the truth. And so people... Okay, so they, but let's go on beyond that because I think a lot of people feel like Fox News, they, they'll write that off, but, but NBC is fine. Well, um, people, I think, in the United States have kind of a cynical attitude that... What what difference does it make? I have yeah. no power. No, but I, I think that it's worth arguing that 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 it's not just Fox News that's not giving us the whole story. Oh, it's all of yeah, them. Yeah, that's, that's oh what, oh that's yeah. No, no, I meant virtually yeah. every single one, including NPR and and um, the various so-called um, yeah. public networks. You know, they have been purchased. You no, know, it's not just Fox at all. Right. 
It's it's there virtually is a limit to how far they can go in giving us the news because they're beholden to exactly the people who are paying them, mm-hmm. and the people who are paying them are not the citizens. It's not coming out of our taxes or anything like that. It's coming out of corporate, where they're the shareholders. Shareholders, right? Yeah. Yep. So you you can't. So uh, yeah. So like for instance, in um, when Dennis Kucinich was running for president back in what was that two thousand. 2008 was it 2008 i think it was actually it was it was before obama became president or at the same but i think he was going for the um nomination right i think it was 2008 it might have been earlier it might have been 2004 i think it's it's before obama was elected Mm -hmm. um but in any case um i had heard that he so to be in the big debate that gets televised he which was sponsored by ge um, which is General Electric, which is at that time coal was huge, and at t- that time they were really pushing this idea of clean coal, mm-hmm. and which Obama was at that time behind it and would right. talk about it in debates as a good thing. And that clean coal was w- also known as mountaintop removal, just like really right. devastating to the right. ecosystems where where they were extracting that coal. But in any case, because GE made their money from it, they made it a condition in the contracts for each of the the, the debaters or the can- candidates um, that they had to promise that they wouldn't talk about it mm-hmm. in the debate. Yeah. So that kind of that kind of engineering is going on behind the scenes of what we actually hear in those mainstream media um, outlets. Mm-hmm. So right now, um, you know, there's uh, people are like up in arms about fracking in some places and it's starting to it's starting to there comes a point where people know enough about it that the that it sort of gathers steam and it feels like it can make it can make it into the mainstream media mm-hmm. because they really can't you can't deny it anymore right and it sort of um over overshadows that 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 corporate interest well when the state of new york banned it I think that was a real plus for the movement. Yeah. So I think like I think what looks like like when people feel like they can they're getting their good news it's you, yeah you're getting some of the real picture but you're getting it you could have gotten it 4 months ago or a year ago right. and when when people knew these things were going to be there was I heard a thing on democracy now and I honestly cannot remember the context um, it might have been someone in Yemen or some some place where there was someone was there's a refugee situation um, in the Middle East, and um, he was saying that it feels like we we've been I'm we're standing with a bomb in our hands, watching the fuse burn, asking for help, and and right. the people who can help us are saying, when the bomb explodes, then we'll help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that that's 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 kind of what what happens when you're. When you hear the news, you're hearing about the explosions rather than right. the, the burning fuses. So that's the way I'm thinking of it. Well, and a lot of this is something that the American people don't want to face. I mean, when we're brainwashed from, from birth to believe that the United States is this democ- democratic and fair and caring country, mm-hmm. but then um, if you really examine what's going on, you find that we're um, the most violent country on the face of the earth at this point. There have been more violent in the past, but um, we are involved in so many wars and so, and we back so many dictators. Um, either people don't want to face it, and they just they're they're 
they're turned off. They just shut down. They just, I have to pay for my, my mortgage and my family. And, and there's a lot of hurting people in the United States who don't have a lot of money. And, mm-hmm. and going out onto the street to be an activist is not on their list. Yeah. And they don't feel like they, that it would make a difference anyway. Right. And I, I, I have to admit, like, I'm, I'm, not quite, I'm not quite convinced yet. I didn't go to the demonstration that you went to yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I probably, honestly, I probably would have if I didn't have another thing that I really wanted mm-hmm. to do and that I couldn't do at a different time. But um, um, but I really struggled about that because I, mm-hmm. I, I, and most of the struggle was about me. It wasn't about the event. It wasn't about power or no power. Right. Or, it was it was about me. It was about this other thing and why is that so important to me? And it was also about... Um, really it it goes back to like it's going to sound crazy but it goes what i was found myself thinking of was experiences i had when i was six and and (laughs) (laughs) like being sort of uh, this feeling of being squeezed in a crowd and like and in there i knew it wasn't going to be like that but somehow in my mind the Mm six-year-old was like i made a decision to avoid anything that made me feel that way ever 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 again in my life Mm -hmm. and so the six-year-old me still is in there um, influencing my decisions about that kind of thing. Well, we have to pick our fights. Yeah. Um, not everybody has to go to demonstrations. Right. And um, you're doing the podcast. That's right. that's um, that's a lot more than most people are doing. Mm. Um, the word has to get out there somehow, and people should use their own expertise and their own passions and and just um, come up with creative ways mm-hmm. of of getting the word out there. I mean, just. Yeah. It's it's just a, a constant barrage of lies from the mainstream media. So, and that's I think that's another th- um, that reminds me of another potential place where it gets hard, and it certainly gets hard for me. Is is where it's like it feels like there's one voice saying this is true and that's a lie, and the other voice is saying this is true and that's a lie, and then the the feeling of not having any place where I can trust Mm -hmm. and but i think really it's like anything um i think of the book um zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance Mm -hmm. um um there's a section early in that book um so this is a memoir of a guy who travels across the country on a motorcycle and he's talking about doing mechanical stuff and he's talking about working on a car and i read this in my 20s and um i did too (laughs) uh, and there's this one section he talks about the overwhelm you feel when you first open the hood of the car. Now, it's changed now because you open the new cars, you open up the hood, and then there's like a mini hood <laughs> inside. Right, They're right, hiding all of the right. spaghetti of wires. And there's and no room at all under there there's, at all for anything else. <laughs> right, and then there's computers that do a lot of things. So it's different. But but back then in, in an older car, you would see all kinds of hoses and wires and pieces, chunks of weird-shaped equipment in there, mm-hmm. and it looks completely overwhelmed like if your car breaks down the side of the road and you know nothing about cars <laughs> and you open up your hood and you're just like yeah this is a joke i don't know what's what the point right but, <laughs> there's but, no hope <laughs> <laughs> yeah and is his name robert per- persig yeah so yeah. he talks about that and he says like the first thing you have to do is be physically comfortable you have to be able to breathe mm-hmm. you have to just look and be aware that like nothing bad's happening. You can look at this thing you don't understand and just keep looking at it and things will start. Then, then you start to see, okay, well that wire hooks up to that thing. And then on the other end to that thing and that hose goes to here and that one goes to there. Wait a minute. 
that one goes to nothing. It's like hang, dangling and there's, huh, that looks like <laughs> it might be the problem. And suddenly you're fixing your car. Yeah. And, um, and, and that, that for me has become such a useful analogy for all like situations in life that where you feel like you're confronted with a spaghetti of, of wires and mm -hmm. conflict and con confusion and compli complication and all that. So that I could think of that about like hearing you say that the mainstream media is telling you lies. And I think, well, wait a minute, but I believe that they're good people. <coughs> so it's hard for me to get behind the idea that they're lying. But then if I think about the way the whole system works, I mean, that, that for me, that for me would alienate me a bit. Mm hmm but but if and then like at a certain point it felt too much it felt too much to be like well this the strong the strong you know passions that are arised on on both sides of <coughs> difficult issues but if you look to find my own opinion that's where i even just to have mm -hmm. an opinion felt like too hard but but using that thinking like well okay let me just be physical comfortable i'm not threatened here this this fight between two two you know pundits what's the word pundits pundits, <laughs> pundits. <laughs> isn't gonna isn't gonna hurt me i can listen and i can maybe do a little like looking mm -hmm. just like myself and decide what voices sort of sound solid to me and yep <sighs> well you know it's not always a lie it's very often um they just omit mm. whole stories or they right. leave out a part but what they offer is it's not exactly a lie always. Um, and um, I always, when I started really reading about what was going on, I realized that um, if somebody has no money in the game, they're just interested in the truth, then I would b tend to believe them more than somebody who's making a whole bunch of money mm -hmm. telling a story. Right. Um, and I look at the sponsors. You follow the money. You look at um, the people who were... Um, saying there's no global warming and very often they have funding from the fossil fuel industry. Um, but somebody like um, Howard Zinn and um, Naomi Klein and many others, um, they, um, they're not making anything. Right. I mean, they might sell a book, but they're not, they're not making huge amounts of money to tell this story. Right. Right. a big battle <laughs> yeah yeah so how do you keep from getting discouraged and not fighting it um i rant on facebook <laughs> <laughs> um i just um i sometimes have to not read so much i do i'm a news junkie i read a, a huge amount of information mm -hmm. I have a list for, on my website of of sites that I've learned to trust pretty much, and I read those on a regular basis. But sometimes I have to just turn off the machine and 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 read some Buddhism. Yeah, <laughs> I'm reading a book on Zen Buddhism, Everyday Zen. It's called, and it's the most refreshing book I've read in a long time, and mm -hmm. and um, it's good. So tell me something you've gotten from that book that's been from Everyday Zen. Yeah. Um, to pay attention and to not get hoodwinked into um, the the whole thought pattern that we have, because the thought pattern often leads us on tangents of desire and this and that and and um, th things that have nothing to do with our health. 
So real give, health. Can you can you give an example or a little bit more about what you mean by thought pattern? Um, by coming back to being present, just mm-hmm. just paying attention to the present. Um, and if I'm having a thought. Um, this is basically just what meditation is. If you have a thought, you acknowledge the thought, but you don't sit there and go, oh, I shouldn't be thinking of that or I should be thinking of that, but just acknowledge it and let it go. And to try to do that on a daily basis um, is whenever I'm awake, is mm. to not get caught up in um, the fear stuff. The fear stuff is just a collection of thoughts that is just um, chatter, Mm-hmm. And it it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean reality, right. and, and um, to be able to say, "Oh, there's that thought again," um, has been really good for mm-hmm. me. I mean, I've been meditating for a long time, but this book seems to be just such a a simple. It's written by a Japanese woman, and it just seems to be a really simple look at um, who we are as crazy human beings. Yeah. So it's it's really nice compared to some of the stuff I was reading. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like, the conspiracy and blah, Yeah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh my God. And, you know, there's a new war here and we're support, yeah. we're, we're aiding and abetting mm-hmm. in so many different places. And, and there's more refugees now than I think at any time in history, maybe. And it's just, it's nuts. And we're, we're behind so much of it. Not all of it, but... It, it is, when you look at all of it, it, it becomes paralyzing. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. When you... When you look at all of it, but you have to kind of look at all of it to decide where you want to focus. I'll go through little phases where I'm taking in a lot of the news. I listen to Democracy Now! as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but there comes a point pretty quickly after maybe three days of democ- uh, Democracy Now! where I, like, I have to go cry about the terrible things that are happening to people. Yeah. Or else... I can't function. Yeah. I can't feel good about like making myself a salad because somebody is, you know, just desperate and dying, yep. you know, somewhere and I'm not doing anything about it. And that can be very, very paralyzing. Mm-hmm. So, but, but, but I like the idea of like, you know, seeing that you're thinking about that, acknowledging not only the thought, but also the emotion attached to it. Um, maybe expressing that emotion, but still, going on with you know well okay i'm gonna have a salad now (laughs) (laughs) like i I just recently did a project um for a forming ngo um that's going to send delegates to paris in december they're they're doing the un is doing the united nations is doing a um climate change conference Mm -hmm. and so in order to support that i um uh, made posters, which I sold at, uh, at, a, at an event. And, but I also shared the design, like I, I designed this to be a silk screen that someone could print on anything. It does, mm-hmm. you know, recycled and do as a local effort. And there's this big network that I am trying to get it out to. And so now somebody's taking my design and making posters in the Netherlands and someone's taking wow. my design and making posters in Seattle. And there'll be hopefully a, it'll grow as a, as a model for fundraising. So, um, Amy, so don't ever exciting. think that you're not doing enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so easy to think. And then that, yeah. you know, Randy's commenting on something I was saying, <laughs> honestly, to tell you the truth, like, this is me. This is all about me. It's nothing about you or anyone else. I was thinking like, I'm not going to this thing on Thursday, the, meaning the, um, the, the thing, well, Randy's 
be mad at me? Oh, no. <laughs> Will he just not come? I'm furious. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that kind of thing, like our, our basic like human psychology. We can't do that to each other. Yeah, yeah. But our, but but that stuff gets in the way. I mean, not just mm-hmm. for me, but I'm sure it gets in, in sure. all of our way. And it's part of why we're so isolated as individuals. Mm-hmm. And we're human. And, yeah. th- and there are so many reasons, um, you know, why we don't go to an event and and that does not mean anything it has nothing to right. do with whether we care or not right right well anyway i should i should finish up what i was saying about the poster which is that to do that project meant okay if i'm going to dive into this one little thing which will help get people a voice in um in a this crucial topic of climate change who otherwise may not have been heard from or thought about mm-hmm. um to, in order to do that, then I have to put aside how much I'm caring about the refugees, um, you know, or the people dying crossing the, the Mexican border or whatever it is mm-hmm. that I'm also not doing anything about. It's just there's too many things. You have to just sort of focus in, huh? Is that Zen? Yeah. It's, <laughs> well, it's focusing. It's, it's paying attention to one thing at a time and yeah. not being... Um, caught up in in all the chatter the Mm. chatter will tell you to do things and feel things and it's false Mm. you know it's just they're just thoughts Mm. they're not us Mm. and when we learn that people out there have so much more in connect in connection with who we are and um there's just so much more connections going on that we don't understand Mm. that um you know, what we see out there is part of who we are. Mm-hmm. And is there a part of it about, because I, I get the idea, like the Zen idea of being present with what's present. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a part of that that you're thinking about, about like intentionality, about where you put your mind? Or is it just no. being open to whatever? Comes if you're in? putting your mind somewhere, that's just a, a, a trickier version of thought. <laughs> I mean, do you want to, I mean, I mean some thought somewhere. some thought is absolutely necessary. We need to think when we cook our omelet. We need to think when we create a piece of art. Um, of course, we're thinking, but when we're just when it's just the idle chatter that that is our ego just you know yeah. constantly trying to reaffirm itself all the time. I mean, you know, your ego is important. Your ego is important. Um, your ego is just a, a, a bad movie that we have to watch too often. <laughs> Um, so, but when you're thinking, so like, like for instance, about activism and how to apply your energy in terms of changing the world, (laughs) (laughs) um, do you, do you try to let go of feeling like you have a power to make change and you just go, I mean, what, what, no, that's a practical application of thought and that's important and you certainly have to think, um, you know, the Zen people aren't saying stop thinking. Uh-huh. They're saying um, that much of the when when you're certainly when you're meditating, the idea is to not get horrified if you're having thoughts, but just to deal with them in a way that, that doesn't give them a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then let it let it move on. And then they said in the beginning for beginners, if you can sit for three minutes and just be paying attention to what's going on around you. The sounds, you know, you're aware of it, but you're not you're not saying, "Oh, that sound is the garbage truck and I forgot to put the garbage right. out." You're just hearing the sound. Yeah. And then you you can label it, you can do whatever you want with it, but um they're saying just just, 
you know, don't buy into the thoughts for three minutes. That's like a nice, like a beginning exercise. And, towards- and after three minutes, congratulate yourself because mm-hmm. most people don't do that. Right. They, they can probably. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Zen masters can go a long, 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 long time and just be so present. And I've gone to meditation centers in Vermont where people, where I met people who I thought were pretty up there Mm -hmm. and they really were. I mean, when they, when you talked with them, Mm -hmm. they were so with you and there was just something about it. It was hard to put your finger on it. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think that's possible. I think in today's day and age, more than ever, that kind of exercise is so valuable because we, yeah. I feel like right now I am, I'm, I think I'm winning the fight, but I'm wrestling <laughs> my mind back from the internet. Like I'm, I'm noticing how, I mean, it, it has become so easy for me. And I realized, I think it was when I was going through cancer treatment, I was pretty, I felt like I felt terrible most of the time. And so mm-hmm. watching movies on Netflix, you know, my brother, right. one of my brothers has a gift to me. It was, it was a very welcome gift, gave me an, a, a Netflix subscription for three months, Oh yeah. which of course we've continued ever since. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, st- I learned, I learned how to binge watch yep. <laughs> and all of that kind of thing. And that's become, there's so much, um, palatable distraction out there and they're so much more than there used to be. And, uh, and it, it, it had become such a habit to go there. Like, like I was just noticing the other night. So I've gotten, I've put it aside. Like I used to take my phone with me to bed at night. And I know this sounds like we're not talking about climate change, but I think we are actually. And we I'll are. Bring it back around. Yep. Um, but I used to take my phone with me to bed and check my email one more time or play a little video game to just speak to myself. <laughs> you do that. <laughs> so I did that up until very recently. Um, and I, I can't tell you, I can't put my finger on why or what made it possible for me to stop. But there came a point where I was like, I, this is not serving me. Right. And, um, and so I started to, I put my, took my charger and put it downstairs in the middle of the day when it wasn't like a tempting moment. Like, <laughs> cause usually what would happen is like, well, but I've got to take it up there anyway, cause the charger's there. Like that would be my final straw of excuse when I, yeah. myself, you know, it's probably better if I just plug it in. Oh, I think it was also partly learning some about, um, the potentially damaging effects of, of, um, all of those, uh, microwaves that yep. we deal with when we're yeah. exposed to Wi-Fi. Um, so anyway, I started just as an experiment. Okay. I'm just going to plug it in downstairs and, and it was, there have been nights when it's been hard to lie there with my feelings and thoughts and mm-hmm. worries that I won't be able to fall asleep. But then I fall asleep. It's just a matter of lying still long enough. If you're yep. tired, you're going to fall asleep. You can fight it, but, um, but as long as you take away the sensory. Anyway, um, but I think like a lot of the fight for like, I think the front, the activism front that I maybe work on is the front of like, I feel like I'm gently waking people up, mm-hmm. um, in my day to day life rather than, uh, rather than I haven't figured out how to do the other side yet, which is to actually force the changes in the world that I want to see, maybe not force, but cajole or con- convince or, mm-hmm. or just make the changes that I'd like to make in the world. I haven't gotten there, but at least I can, I've, I can bring more people into this question of like, what can we do? What can we do? Mm-hmm. There's a problem, you know, let's figure that out. Where was I going with that? So, yeah. So the idea of the three minute, 
three minutes of of cho- choosing to not mm-hmm. be distracted for three minutes. If you can do that, and you can deal with the things that come up, because you're gonna because like I know I've meditated since I was about nine years old. I I heard the I actually heard the word meditation in my head, and I didn't know what it meant. And I asked my mom, and she she <laughs> was a psychotherapist, so she knew some like hypnosis techniques. And yeah. So she handed me a book. You know, there was like a, a half a page about how to how to hypnotize yourself kind of thing. And she said, that's pretty much what it is. And um, so I started this practice of, I would just go out in the yard and lie in the grass and, um, and um, breathe and imagine whatever it was that was in this little book. Um, my mom's, I think my mom's version of it was, um, um, imagine you're lying on the bottom of the ocean and, you know, not like you can't breathe, but you right. can breathe. But every time you breathe out, every thought that you're having goes up 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 away from you in these bubbles and then mm-hmm. and you sink more into the sand yep. and so i would just do that and within a few minutes i would sort of disappear and i and i did that for a while i thought it was kind of fun i didn't have any particular yeah as a nine-year-old i wasn't really like, <laughs> like i didn't have a goal invo- involved which is probably a good thing but um but anyway that was really useful to me but I've gotten so far away from it. The internet has made me pacified, mm-hmm. and so many of us have become that way. So yeah, I think it's a great idea to encourage pe- encourage people to like reclaim your mind, make that your first act of activism yep. is to take yourself back. You know, if if more people meditated or did something like that, mm-hmm. um, I don't think we would have half the problems. We would not be able to accept the fact that so many people are hurt with drugs and alcohol and right. and wars and 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 so much that is going on. We would see it all. We'd be sensitive to it, but yeah. it's so easy to be distracted. I mean, right. you know, I have the same issue with with the cell phone. I'm switching. Um, I'm going to this company that you pay for. However much you use of data, just texting and messages or all that stuff, you you only pay for what you use. It's a company in Canada, mm-hmm. um, and I'm switching over there, and there's a little thing on the phone which will tell you how much you've used and stuff. And so I really want to make a conscious effort to um, use a whole lot less. Mm-hmm. Um, it's too easy for me to be, even in the woods, I'm out in the woods and I have this phone that has all kinds of data and I I can look up stuff. Oh, good. I can read about Krishnamurti in the middle of the woods. Why the hell am I not just in the woods? (laughs) Because, uh, you know, I heard um, the comedian um, Louis C.K. on a a talk show talking about um, texting and driving. And he was saying how, why that happens, like why we're stupid, like we're not, you know, we know, we know better. But, But he said that what happens is you're you're in the car and suddenly you think I can't remember what this is. I would love to f- maybe this will be the clip that I I will make a link to from this. Um, so if you look at the show notes on this um, episode, you can find okay. the link. I'll find I'll find this. I'll, I will. That's my mission right now. <laughs> but anyway, it was very funny and very poignant. And um, he was talking about how um, how we become aware of our that we're isolated and alone and we're mortal and we're going to die and all these terrible things just sort yeah. of bubble up in this place where like when you're in the car alone driving like uh, <laughs> you that's like the one last bastion if if you have yep. don't have um something to listen to whatever while you drive or or someone to distract you um then he said then the urge to pick up the phone and like feel connected um becomes overwhelming right and um 
And so, you know, we risk each other's lives because isolation is so, so painful to us. Mm -hmm. Somebody, somebody I heard suggest that like uh, um, a lot of our issues go right back to being born and pulled away from our parents, like right, right then, Mm -hmm. like being, and, and, and in the more, the more, um, um, quote unquote advanced to the society, the more likely that's going to happen. That you the get more taken, of a yank. Yeah, the yeah. more of a yank. The more, the more the, that there's, well, now we need to weigh you, measure you, and take you into another room. I mean, it's, that's changing. People don't necessarily take the baby out of the room. But when I was born in 1970, um, I was taken out. You know, I had a, probably had a pretty easy birth, but I was taken out of the room. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't eat well for, for, like, I was, like, losing weight as a baby, which you're not supposed to do. And whenever I'm super, super stressed, I don't eat. And I'm not somebody who, who goes there easily. I tend mm-hmm. to go towards eat too much. Yeah. So, so, but anyway, that's that, again, feels like it has nothing to do with climate change, but I think it does. It's, like, where we have to do the work on ourselves so that we can have space to notice all that stuff out there. Mm-hmm. And I think we take it in anyway. We still feel bad about it, whether or not we're putting our minds there. Right. It feels a lot better to put your mind there, even though it's kind of, it's, it's, it's hard, mm-hmm. but it feels better. Yep. It's like, it's hard to do exercise, but it feels better. Yeah. The, the thing I really like about, um, Transition towns, without it being a revolutionary group and frightening half the people away, is, I mean, they're saying for us to survive, um, certainly big corporations are not going to be able to exist because there's no oil and and we're all going to have to be very local and Mm -hmm. stuff. But he said so many positive things come out of it. Like in in England, they just, they realized that some of these people had postage stamp sized lawns and every single person along this row had their own lawnmower. And um, so they organized and say, okay, why don't we make, we take the best lawnmower and it's shared. Yeah. I mean, these are tiny lawns. It's yeah. silly yeah. for everybody to right. have this big, powerful lawnmower. And so they, they all shared, and they all started hanging out together. Mm-hmm. They all started cooking meals together. They they talked with each other. Right. They um, Maybe they put their cell phones down for a while. Right. <laughs> and then they, they become less in need of... Um, like a system to to be their support, like exactly. A, like a insurance, exactly. and, and they have a, they have a neighborhood. Yep. If somebody's if somebody's sick, everyone knows it because they didn't take their lawnmower share that week, and right. somebody else says, "Yeah, I'll take it." Big deal. It's the same mower, you know. We're all pitching in on it, and there's already a system in place to support each other in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, it's awesome. So let me ask you this: how how can we, you and I, move towards that in our area? What, what would be? What, let me ask you. For you, what is? What do you want to do? I really, from all the readings I've done, um, I really would like to see movement towards a, a transition type group um, starting that actually um, dealt with the issues of the um, that maybe avoids what happened in in stores. We all have to like. We can't draw. Um, we can't use our egos. We have to park them at the door. Mm-hmm. And when we go into a meeting mm-hmm. and really surrender to each yeah. other and um, so, start off really, really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a whole procedure. They, there are people who will come in and train. There, it's a well-organized organization. Um, I'm on their mailing list in the United States one. And there's 
huge amounts of information on how to do this, yeah. how to start the the basic things. They're not saying you must do it this way. They're saying this is a suggestion. Right. I mean, every area is going to do it differently. Yeah. Right. Every every area has unique uh, challenges. But they're you know they're needs. talking about not not only um, how to deal with peak oil and and climate change is um, how to become a better place. How to become a better place even before the the crunch was on. Um, it's kind of interesting that we're, you know, in order to go forward, we're all going to have to go backwards. We're going to have to go back to some of the old stuff. I mean, there's parts of England now that are bringing back horses. Yeah. They're getting ready. Wow. They're wow. they're preparing. They're and awesome. and there are, you know, local businesses starting and and um people are really seeing the evil of a huge box type store. Mm-hmm. I mean, the number of jobs that are, you know, offered but you know, jobs with no future, right? No soul, no heart. Mm-hmm. So what I think of is okay to do a transition town kind of initiative around here. Like let's say we took on your street, like have a transition street. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be the first thing that you would have to face in order to to work on that? Okay. Um, and and I mean I mean the babyest baby of steps. Well, you could, whatever, you know, the energy of the group of people, you could start, they usually suggest starting with a steering committee that is destined to to be eliminated mm. as soon as you get enough people to, right. you know, you, so there's no, no little group of power. Right. And you, it's really brilliant. I mean, it, Rob Hopkins, I don't know if you've ever seen him. I've on, seen ever since our last, when we talked last, I, I looked. Did you see the TED Talk? Yes, where yeah. he holds up the, the, the thing of oil, oil and yeah. stuff. Yeah, he's just a brilliant guy, and he's like, from what I hear, he's like really down to earth. He yeah. does, he lives the the life mm-hmm. that he's talking about. Um, you know, it, it could be anything. It could like the dog park thing. It yeah. could be. Um, but I, I guess I'm trying to get you to talk personally about something that maybe you don't have an answer yet, and you'll be thinking out loud here, um, like. What would be the thing you'd like to do next? I would like to see the co-op be more of a um, an so agent. So let's back up and say you're talking about the Willimantic okay. Food Co-op. Yes. Okay, I belong to a Willam- the Willimantic Food Co-op, which is a um, a natural food store, which um, is owned by everybody who joins the organization, the co-op. Anyone can shop there, but you, you and you. Right. We all take. There's the the profits are are put back into the community rather than going to some corporate entity mm-hmm. um, that takes it away from us. Yeah. And good or bad, it's the center in Willimantic, Connecticut. It's the center of much of the activism, mm-hmm. um, and I would like to see it involved more in organizing and. Um, in some ways, it is. We've we've had meetings there for climate change. Um, I just it seems that there's so much potential there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're saying you'd like to see what happen? Just the, the co-op be more of a. Um, they don't. They they allow things to happen there. They don't promote it. I'd like to see the co-op be a, a promoter of um, transition type. Mm. events mm. where we really um you know in in the some of the towns in england they've started cooperative um car repair places right. a garage with right. a bunch of tools and yeah. some well they did they did um um uh provide a loan to i, I, I you know without any 
with risking losing the money to to click, which is the mm-hmm. um, cooperative kitchen that started in town. So that I would say that they've they've moved somewhat in the direction. They are. They're, we oh. we are we are the co-op. So that we, yeah, it wasn't always. Um, I I think sometimes. Um, um, it's 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 not understood like a lot of members don't see it as a co- a co-op it's a store mm-hmm. they pay a due and they dues and they and then they just buy their food but um there are co-ops that have all kinds of branches off and they do car repair and they mm-hmm. do um art classes and mm-hmm. they do all kinds of neat stuff that right. bring people together and i i'd like to see that i mean that place it's there's there's not a whole lot of room in in the willimantic food co-op but I think there's a there's a potential for more activities yeah. that promote this kind of thinking. I think there's thinking about that happening, um, and that's great. So, and I think like you being a voice saying that you'd like to see that happen would would be welcome. Mm-hmm. I, um, with some people there. With some people, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we we've been talking almost an hour. So let's let's think. Is there anything? Um, is there anything that you want to say before we wrap up? Mm, nah. nah, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, we did a pretty. But this was fun. Yeah, and was. I, and I hope um, you you all out there will <laughs> spread the word. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because so, it, it's a good conversation for yeah, all of and, us to have. And I and I'm 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 looking forward to. I decided yesterday I'm trying this on that I I think that I'm going to do a hundred of them. That's going to be the like a, sort of put a cap on it. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll keep going, but I, my idea. This project was open-ended when I began, but some for some reason it's sort of been resonating in my mind to think of this as a hundred conversations on mm-hmm. climate change. Well, maybe that's a good idea to just give you a sense of, and then you can always extend. I could. A hundred's going to be a lot. That's a lot, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like a couple of years of it, probably. My dog isn't outside asking if she could please, please come oh, in. Oh, please, I'll so, behave. <laughs> <laughs> so before I open the door to her, I will say goodbye to all of you for now. Um, I am going to be vacationing next week, so hopefully I can squeeze one more in, um, one more recording in before I go so I don't have to miss a week um, broadcasting. But if I do, um, that's why. Um, you can stay up to date with this podcast at hellocc.info. If you subscribe on iTunes, you will, when I upload something, it's automatically in the feed for people who've subscribed before anyone who's just sort of looking for it. It will show up faster mm-hmm. that way for you. Um, so you can subscribe by iTunes or on Stitcher. Um, there's also a Facebook page for this um, podcast, so you can you can. Um, what is it called? You can share it with your friends. Yes. Share, share, quote unquote. And like. Share. You can like it and share it and, <laughs> and poke it and <laughs> prod it and <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. All right. Thank you, Randy. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.